0: so i could just say amen after that last song because rob just preached my sermon for me basically i just have a few details i'll fill in the gaps maybe but i'd ask rob just to uh, simply say rob can you sing some songs maybe on faith which first of all steve thank you for changing my uh, I was going to speak a couple weeks from now, and possibly now I'm going to be out of town on work, and so Steve was gracious enough to switch. And uh, timing went great after Sunday's message on faith fit right in with what I want to speak on in here, because I want to talk a little bit about having faith and trusting in God. So um, let me just go to the first slide. So as I started getting ready to talk, Share with you the first thing that came to mind, or came to me, was when I was reading, and I tried to put a lot of the verses up here. You'll find that I've got a lot of Scripture to share, because that's where my faith is based, and that's where it's my foundation is. But I read this, and it says, "So as for me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom, as to proclaim to you the testimony of God." For I resolved to know nothing. Why well, was you with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified? I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. When I read that, it was like, that's exactly where I feel tonight, where I started... Here. I don't want you to look at it and go, Wow, look at Terry in any way. This is even though it's a testimony of what God did, it's all the glory for God and what God did here. And that's what I want you to get out of this is that it's God's power, God, what God did to you all of this that's so miraculous. So even though I'm gonna tell you what, my involvement in it and how God allowed me to be there, it's not about me. It's about God's power. So I did something in 2017 that is very unusual. I am not one to keep a journal. I do get up and I pray and I read my Bible, but keeping a journal is not something that I've ever done. But I don't even remember if it was Marlene or the boys, if somebody got me a little journal with my initials on it. And when this started in 2017, I felt impressed that this is something big. I need to write it down. And I started keeping a journal in there. So, can it be the next one? So my first journal entry in 2017 simply said, before I even knew anything was happening, God had people begin to pray for me. Although I tried to be a man of prayer and pray for a lot of people, I didn't expect others to pray for me but God asked them to stand in the battle for me. on my behalf before I even knew the enemy was attacking. So in January of 2017, what do we always start out the first of every year at this church with? Our fast. And I had people would come to me our Patsy would say, hey, on Tuesday morning, we felt led to pray for you. And I would say, well, great, thank you. But I, I kind of felt like Okay, well, I appreciate that, but why? Why I'm not? I mean, nothing going on. It was just going through life, and so people just kept coming to me one after another and saying, "I felt impressed to pray for you." And when I went back and looked, it's biblical. In Luke twenty-two, it talks about where Jesus told Peter, Satan tried to sift you, but Jesus prayed for Peter in that time. So I appreciate. All the prayers, and I appreciate, and that's going to hear throughout this whole thing where God has spoke to many people in this church and used them with words of wisdom and in words of encouragement. You're also going to hear that the Word itself is the foundation, the basis on it. But if you'll permit me, I know not everyone in here knows a lot about me, so before I go into telling the current testimony, if you'll allow me, Libby, I want to go back and tell you just a little bit about me. So I was born and raised in Oklahoma on a farm. Um, Dad always had cattle for the most part. We had 120 acres and we raised cattle. At one point he got tired of cattle and he switched to hogs. And We raised about 500 hogs at one point. So I'm just an old farm boy, you know. Grew up in Oklahoma and born and raised there. Uh, I have an older brother that... When I was just born, he was the age of three. He burnt, backed up to a fireplace, and he had on some of old pajamas. And from his waist down, he's nothing but scars. He wasn't supposed to live. That's where what brought mom and dad into church. Um, you can imagine a young married couple and their three-year-old child being burnt. Doctor saying, "Doesn't look good." So I spent the first year of my life being raised by my grandparents while they stayed at the hospital with my brother. When God didn't allow him to live, them doctors said he'll live, but maybe he'll never walk. Well, if you saw him with just pants on, he's been here, He's you wouldn't know the difference now. God healed him. But that's what grounded my mom and dad in church. I can remember dad saying, I laid those cigarettes up on the, the edge of the refrigerator and never picked them up again since then. You know, he was raised since 12 years old. He had always smoked cigarettes and just got on the farm. Or he had seven brothers and two sisters, and it was just something they did. And once he started into the church, they were committed. And, I mean, we were committed. We went to church anytime the doors were open. We never missed a church. That's just the way it was. I was raised in church all my life. When Dad passed away six years ago in his obituary, they'd gone back, and at that time, He'd gone over 40 missions trips. He was always active in his church, on the boards, always supported. Um, not only did he have a farm, but he started a lumberyard and at one point, raised up to be one of the largest lumberyards in the state of Oklahoma. And didn't know it till almost time for him to pass away, but God told him, he said, sell your business and go on a missions field. And he said, God, I have a wife and three kids. I can't do that. When I was a senior in high school, he lost that business. I had a younger sister that in high school, she got hooked on drugs. She passed away from the drug overdose just six months before we actually moved here in 2007. So it hadn't been always the greatest of blessings, but they've been faithful through all of it. Um, I made note out of that, I have three uncles and a brother that are all pastors. So not only is I raised in church, our whole family, I have a heritage of being in church. In so, uh, Marlene and I were married on uh, July 4th, 1990, so somehow next year will be 30 years, believe it or not. I'm not sure how that happens, but uh, a couple of conservative accountants ran off to Las Vegas one weekend and got married, and it stuck. So... Uh, I'm not sure, but so that happened. So I have two sons. Both of them are here tonight, Tyler and Tori. Um, Tori, you guys know and heard his name a bit. He's our children's pastor here, his wife, Taylor. Tyler comes when he can. Uh, he works for Coach, his wife, Caitlin. Both the boys were actually married last year. So I have inherited two daughters that I love very much last year, along with that. Um, so Marlene and I. We are both raised in Oklahoma, we had spent five years in Houston, and when Tori was born she had complications, so we went back to Oklahoma, built our retirement home. We were right across from my, my parents, one of our kids to know their grandparents, and uh, going on with life again, and one day I came home and told Marlene, I said, God said this isn't home. I said, I don't know what that means, but it's not home. Probably six months later we were moving to Florida, and we love it down here. So. That's kind of uh, what brought us to this point. So a little background in there. So now yeah, let's go back let's go back to when people started praying.
1: During that fast, like
0: I said, everything was going on early two thousand seven. Life was just going along, nothing no problems, you know, just going to work every day, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere my boss, Libby I'm going to, go to the next one, sorry. All of a sudden, in two, early 2007, my boss resigns. I thought, oh, great. This is maybe my opportunity to take the lead controller position at the mill in there. Well, when he left, his boss came down from Atlanta, and when they came down, they literally would not talk to me. I mean, it was a cold shoulder like I'd never experienced. And that was my first indication a little unusual. So they brought a gentleman down from Oregon to fill in as interim controller, which is a position I would filled in a couple times before in there. And when that person came down, he was directive. He was very blunt, very cold to me, and stayed here for two months. At the end of two months, they promoted a peer of mine that they had just hired to be the controller. So I asked him, I said, stop. Can somebody talk to me and tell me what, what's going on? At that point, he sat down and he said, well, I really don't know. They didn't tell me a lot. But they told me that I was to come down here and to watch out for you, that you were a backstabber, and you were not to be trusted. And I said, I was devastated. I said, well, what, what was this based on? He said, I don't know. That was what I was told. I said, and that's the way to be said, you have a job, but you'll never get a promotion in this company again. So I said, okay, I'm taken back. I'm not sure what's going on over the next two years. I've asked my boss several times, do you have any idea of what this is about? Nope, I've asked, but nobody will tell me. So without an opportunity to defend myself, without even knowing the whole story, of which even today I still don't know the whole story, I started, I was moved out of a position where I dealt with the leadership at the mill a lot into a position where I had not asked for it. I had a job. I'd get up every day and I'd go to work. I would suffer through the day because the boss that was put in there, I don't know who might be from the state of Maine, nothing against him, but he was from the state of Maine and he was a very direct, very confrontational person. And he argued with everybody. And i did not enjoy work at all. I mean, it was quite a trial just to go to work every day um, in there. So, as you can imagine, at that point, I'm like, wow, this was early part of 2017, baby. In April the 12th, 2017, on Wednesday night, the pastor was up here, he preached, and after the end of it, he was doing an altar service. He was standing over in this area, and, of course, that's around the time where Easter was. And he's talking about how Pentecost is coming, how God's always moved and done great things at Pentecost. And he paused. He said, I've got a word. He said, if your job has been put in question or your source of income, God says you will get your answer. Well, Marlene was standing over here, and I was standing back at this point right over here, and both of us. Our heads just immediately whipped each other, and we knew that was the word for us. That was God's word right there. Woo, thank you, Lord. I'm going to get my answer. I'm going to get my answer. So, just like Abraham, when God gave him a promise, and then it didn't seem to come to pass immediately, what he do? He tried to help God out. Well... We had dinner with Sue and Dwight Webster one night shortly after that word. And I, boy, I had a testimony. God's going to give me my answer, and it's going to happen by Pentecost. I am going to give my answer. Just wait. I can hold out for four months. I can hold out. I can make this last by Pentecost, God's going to do something miraculous. I don't know what it is, but God said, I'm going to get my answer, right? He said that. Pastor said it right there, and I knew there was no question. Matter of fact, let me go to the next one. The very next day after Pastor said that, I went home and my reading the next day, and I'm always one that reads in the New Testament, 90% of the time. I very seldom go back to the Old Testament without flip the Psalms and Proverbs. I just—I don't know why, I always liked reading the New Testament for the most part. But God put me in Isaiah. This is just part of my normal reading. Next chapter. All of a sudden, 41. I took you from the ends of the earth, or from Oklahoma, one of those two. From, the, from its farthest corners, I called you. I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you. I have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I said, thank you, Lord. Maybe next slide. Because I flipped over. Because after I read Isaiah, I always like to go back to uh, some praise. I flipped to Psalms. Psalms 118 says, the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. That was Thursday morning after pastor just told me, God says, you're going to get your answer. So I man, I'm I'm flying high, right? God just gave me that night, hey, you're gonna get your answer. I could it's gonna be by Pentecost. God says, Tay, trust in me, I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. What can man do to you? So I'm thinking, man, this is this is alright. That was not a good thing to work. I don't understand it. But I said, Dwight, Sue, I want you to witness this. By Pentecost, I'm gonna have something miraculous happen. God is going to answer. Nothing happened in Pentecost. Hmm. Pentecost came, Pentecost went. What do you do the next day when Pentecost is Sunday just went by? You to go to work, don't you? You have to do the right thing. You have to keep on keeping on. You have to keep on being steady. Let's go to the next one, baby. In May... Marlena and I both went on a personal fast because of our situations at work. Neither one of us had very uplifting, I'll put it that way, very uplifting employers and bosses. So Marlena was having a lot of turnover at her work. She couldn't keep people in there. So we went on a fast of every, we were fasting dinner. And for two weeks we were fasting. And God told us to give me one more week during that fast I came across this in Isaiah this is what the Lord says maintain justice and do what is right for my salvation is close at hand and my righteousness will soon be revealed blessed is the one who does this, the person who holds it fast, who keeps the sabbath without desecrating it and keeps their hand from doing any evil what did I do the day after Pentecost? I got up and went to work. I had to do the right thing. God says, I'll bless you if you do the right thing. Keep on. Well, out of nowhere, Marlena was able to hire a lady who had 20 years of experience. Brought it in, helped her out tremendously. Later, there was a change in her boss down there. She has a much kinder employer at this point. But guess what? I'm still going to work every day. I'm still being faced with, wow, an employer that, it's not the company, it was the boss. You know, I've always said, you very seldom actually leave at your job. You leave your boss. It's your supervisor or your boss that makes it miserable for you most of the time. I kept going, going to work every day because, maybe next one. In between July and December, for the next six months, silence. During that time, it was one of those where I get up in the morning, you read, and you do the little check mark beside your Bible because you did what you're supposed to do, but boy, you didn't feel a thing. You didn't hear anything. But I appreciate. What the pastor said Sunday morning, and he was talking about David when he was surrounded. And he said, David, what did he do? He encouraged himself. He encouraged himself. So Marlena and I have found that we encourage ourselves through music. Here's one of the songs I listen to a lot. It was called Mercy Me Song. Can you switch it over, Libby? Go ahead. You can hear it. Working,
1: it's coming through the monitor a little bit. Well, you might hear it here, but that's
0: all. I put the words on here so it's on the slides so you can see. This song I came home singing almost every day, I would sing it. All right, that's our. I would sing this over and over coming home, but one of the things it says in here, if you saw the words, it says, I'm losing. And that's what I kept focused on. I actually had to stop, even though this is a great song, and it has a testimony and encouragement in there, I had to choose to stop listening to that song, because what it talks, starts out about, it talks about when you're losing. And it says, I'm losing right now. I'm really losing a lot. And, you know, the Bible says it only takes a little faith to move the mountain. Well, the song in here says, thank goodness, because a little faith is all I have. And that's where I was at for most of that year. I would sing this over and over going home. And finally, talking to Marlena one day, it kind of hit me that maybe I shouldn't listen to that song. I need to listen to more encouraging songs. But that was saying, here's my heart. That's what it was pouring out. It was saying, I'm losing. I'm losing every day. I'm losing a lot. I don't have much faith. i have a little faith, but that's all it takes, just a little faith to move the mountain. But for six months, there wasn't anything that came along, no revelation. Pentecost came and went. Six months, I get up and go to work. Okay, let me just go to the next one. On December 31st, 2017, so end of that year, pastor preached on Abraham. A man of faith. Which I've heard people speak on Abraham. Abraham's known as the man of faith. But what God, what pastor spoke about was that Abraham had to hang on to that promise. And specifically what he said was that we have to choose sometimes when God gives us a promise not to give up on it. Not to just say, oh, well, maybe I misunderstood. Maybe when Pastor was standing right here and said, you'll get, God says you'll get your answer, well, maybe he was talking to somebody else in there that night. Maybe it really wasn't us. But he said, you have to struggle. You have to hold on to the Word of God. You can't let go. You have to know that God spoke to you and you have to have faith and believe it. So I went home and, I'm sharing my journal with you. That's kind of vulnerable. I put in there, I said, God, I do believe you are in control and have a plan for me. So I choose to wait. Because what I failed to tell you is, all through 2017, I'd been looking for any job opening I could. I'd been sending out resumes to every position I could find that come open. And guess what I'd hear? nothing. And every time I heard nothing, that was just one more dagger that went in. That hurt. Because here I am starting to say, you know what? I'm getting older. I'm not down in that 30-something age group that everybody wants as an employer. I don't have the greatest latest technology skills. I haven't come out of college with the greatest skills that just being encouraged with saying, hey, here's what the latest and greatest is. I've been at this company for 12 years now. Been here 12 years. I've been stagnant. Nobody wants an old man like me. So every resume that went out, and nothing came back, was like another dagger that just said, wow, there's another wound that hurts. But I said, God, if I'm supposed to be here, then I'm going to stay here. I choose to wait on you. And I stopped sending out resumes because I couldn't stand the rejection anymore. All right, let me. 2018. I passed. I couldn't find the exact date. Didn't write it down. I apologize, but you preached about Elijah. Elijah going to the brook of Kareth and the ravens feeding him. But what he preached about, what hit me was that when Elijah went to the brook, he stayed. And the next morning, God didn't have to get up and say, "Hey, Elijah," I said, "Stay at the brook." No, he said, "Go." And what pastor was putting in context, and one of it was, if God's put you in this church. If he's put you in a place, you're going to stay there and do what God told you until he tells you to do something else. My journal entry said, I'm committed to stay until God opens a door. So that's when I stopped sending resumes out. And I went to work every day, not enjoying it, not getting any gratification. Still being the first one in the door. Staying until the work's done, if it took whatever it took. Waiting on God. Libby, next one. February the 11th, 2018. It was a Sunday morning, and all of a sudden, Fillers came to me. And out of this whole time, probably John and Phyllis John and I have been friends for a long time. And they're probably the only ones I confided any of this into, other than tonight I met with Sue and Dwight back when it first started and told them what was going on. But Phyllis came to me and she said, God had his word for you. He says, stop fretting that he will show you, he will take care of things, that he is in control. I said, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Because that's exactly where I was. I was fretting about it. I was worrying about everything. I was trying to do it, but I said, okay, I'm stopping. I'm not sending resumes, but I was still looking online for anything that might just really kind of be out there, you know, because I wanted to find that one that just would really speak to you and go, oh, here's my escape hatch. And I had to get past that. All right, maybe next one. 2018. Let's go forward. March 2018 through December 2019 silence again. Again, another drought when I would early would come in here and feel nothing. I would get up every morning and feel nothing. And I hope most of you can attest to it. I tried to be here every Sunday I tried to keep doing what I needed to do. I'd get up and read the word. I'd get up and do what's right. because what else do you do? You trust in God. You keep walking the walk. You keep marching on. but there's silence. One of the songs that got us through. let's see if can we get songs to play or not? Okay, try the next one, we'll see. It was a song that Tracy and Jeannie Perez actually introduced to the church here. You guys remember that one? Fear is a liar. Fear is a liar. read the words, just monitor. If you read some of the words, when it tells you you're not good enough. Oh, that song just spoke to me. Maybe what's the next song? Let's just show the words to you. And again, going back, I use these to encourage yourselves. Marlene and I listen to songs. I wish you could hear this. Too bad it's not working. in that time, more songs and more waiting. You guys don't understand that Marlena is my strength a lot of times because she's the one that finds these songs and introduces them to me. She's that still, small voice a lot of times that whispers. All right, let me just go to the next slide. In January 2017, 2017, 27, 2019, we're sitting over here on a Sunday morning this year. And Marlena hands me a piece of paper. And it just simply says, God says, he will rebuke the (laughs) devourer. Hallelujah. Another word. Another word. Thank you, Lord, you're going to rebuke the devourer. I claim that. Let's go to the next slide. February... God says words, what's the devil do? I go to work, what's my boss tell me? No raise this year, again. Your performance just hadn't warranted any additional pay. Not only does he tell me that, he decides to elaborate on the new employees that we're bringing in, and we're going to pay them more than we're paying you. That really makes you feel good. Why would an employer even tell you such other than he just... (laughs) But how do you fight the devil when he comes to you? Let's go to the next slide. Go to the Word. That's how Jesus beat him. I found this verse, I went to John Cantrell when I read it, because I, man, I was like, I can't believe this, I've never heard this, never looked at it before, but
1: I said... I have labored in vain.
0: I have spent my strength for nothing at all. Yet what is due me is in the Lord's hands. And my reward is with my God. I said, Lord, I don't care if I never get paid another dime in my life. My reward is with you. I will go there and I will work. I will be the best employee I can be. I will be a witness to all the new employees that we're bringing in because when I started in that position, there was 19 people in the finance group. We got down to four of us. They finally started hiring some more in. They left me and my boss who had been there about two years and four new employees. And I said, Lord... I'm here. I'm going to be a good witness, a godly witness to these new employees if that's what you want me to be. But I'm not going to be frustrated anymore, and that's what this verse allowed me to do. It allowed me to get past being very frustrated with my boss because I'd been looking to him and thinking, there's my answer. He's the one that's holding everything. He's the one that's treating me bad. But I said, no, my reward is with my God. That's what I'm going to rely on. So I focused on the new people. Let's go to the next one. February the eighteenth. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, I get this message on LinkedIn. If you're not familiar with LinkedIn, it's a it's like Facebook for business people. That basically you can find people that are in your career, you're, that you've LinkedIn through or different employments. Just stay connected with them. I. To have it out there. I don't really do anything with it other than just it sits out there. But I got a message on LinkedIn that said, Hey, Terry, wait a minute, got a minute, give me a call. I have an opportunity I want to talk to you about. So I called the gentleman who was a former employee at Georgia Pacific and he said, Hey, Terry, I've got a job opening that I want to talk to you about. It's in our IT department. I'm finance, I'm accounting. Okay, I'll take a look. So I went home, and I got on their website, and they had 17 job postings on there. I read through every one of them, and not one of them dealt with accounting. I called him back says, said, what, what job are you talking about? He said, well, I'll send you a link. He sent me the link. I looked at it. I called him back says, I don't qualify for that. It says you need an IT degree. You need experience in SQL servers and VBA." Bunch of other programming language, and I said, Don't have any of that. He said, Oh, no, don't worry about that. (laughs) Okay, so I set up an interview with him, and uh, the gentleman that's hiring it's actually was in London or in Canada at the time. We set up a phone interview and uh, set up an in house interview. So, next one, Libby. So, from the 18th on the 26th. So, eight days later, I'm in their office doing an interview with them. Well, that interview was the easiest interview I've ever had. They were basically trying to sell me on why I should come to that job. I wasn't nervous. I never really had to justify or support or defend myself in any way. Go to the next one, Libby. On March the 3rd, During this time, Linda Orr caught me and she said, God has a word for you. says, God said he was opening up an opportunity and was moving you in a new position that I needed just to speak the word. And I've had to speak that word several times because when you go into a job you know nothing about, you have to say, I can do this because the Lord put me here. I can do this because the Lord's put me here. Let's go to the next one, Libby. So I received an offer from the company. Biggest raise I've ever been offered in my life. But I came to church that Sunday morning, and I was on shaky ground because I was sitting there just like a person that's been in an abused relationship that really doesn't know whether they should leave or not because at least they're comfortable where they're at. I knew everything to expect down there. I knew nothing about IT in this new company. I hadn't even met my boss today. I haven't even met him. I'll meet him next week for the first time. But I came in and I hadn't said a word to anyone about any of this. I went to prayer that morning and actually Bill Kay that Sunday, that Saturday before had given an awesome testimony down at Men's Breakfast and so we're sitting in prayer and I'm looking at Jeannie Kay but my whole mind is thinking I hope Bill is okay. I need to make sure I catch Bill and speak to him because I really appreciated what he shared on. I wasn't even thinking about me at that point and all of a sudden Jeannie says we need to pray for Terry. He's struggling with something you guys are in prayer, you remember, she not only said that, she said, come on, ladies, we need to lay hands on him and pray for him. Again, just like back in 2017, I was not expecting this when people started praying for me back then. But God said, hey, I need someone to intervene on his behalf. So not only did they come over and pray for me, at the end of it, Margaret gave me a word. She said, God said, I opened the door. You need to walk through.
1: I see a gold
0: door that is open. You need to walk through. I have never in my life had such a direct, specific, and timely word given to me as that. I said, I'm going to sit there, Lord, until you open the door. God called me into an interview. Made it a breeze in the interview, gave me a huge offer from an increase, and I'm sitting here going, do I really take that or do I stay where I'm at? Do I take it or I stay where I'm at? What do I do?
1: I know you guys would have
0: no problem with that, but I'm a little hard headed sometimes. God had to say, I said I opened the door. You need to walk through. Next slide, Ruby. Monday morning, I resigned. <laughs> I might be hard headed and I might be slow, but I think God got my attention. Because I knew at that point this is from God. David Crowder, no, sorry, David Crowder has a song that immediately came to mind. It's called The Red Letters, and that whole week I sung that song. You can play the words of it, I don't know if you can say but it starts out and it talks about the red letters, is talking about the red letters in the Bible where Jesus speaks. And David Crowder sings a lot of our praise of love, writes and sings a lot of worship songs. In there, it starts out and he says, I was on death row. I was guilty in the third, first degree. I had no hope with it. So all of a sudden he read the le- red letters. When he heard Jesus speak the words to him. When I heard God speak the words that said, <laughs> said, I said, "Open the door, walk." It is very direct. And whenever God said that, and the red letters He talks about, then David Crowder sings it here, after he saw the red letters, then all of a sudden the ground began to shake. The ground began to shake. The prison bars started falling. The walls were coming down. They came down hard. Whenever I came in there, I resigned. And I became a free man that day. I became a free man. I came to church next Sunday. Actually, it's Wednesday night. I'll get there in a second. But it felt like lightning hit me. My dead heart began to beat. The breath of God filled my lungs. And boy, I didn't stop telling anyone of the testimony. Anybody I could talk to. Because they couldn't lie to me. Because I knew nobody in that prayer room knew a word that morning. Nobody knew anything going on. I knew Margaret had no idea what was going on. It was God and God alone that spoke those words. We talk about a faith builder you have a testimony when it's happened to you, and you know all the situations and the circumstances, no one can say, no, 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 let me tell you how it really was. No, I know. I was there. There they are. Thank you. We're, we still have a couple more songs, and I will get you out of here soon. So I came back to church Wednesday night. Sorry, I have to get the next one. There's one more slide. So that was Monday I resigned. I came back Wednesday night, and I told Margaret and Patsy, they were sitting on the front row, and I simply told them that based upon what they had prayed Sunday morning, I had resigned my job because I had been called by a gentleman that was previously worked for Georgia Pacific, And they had offered me a job in a new company. I resigned. I was going to take that job. That's about as much as I got to say because literally Billy was up here getting his mic warmed up as we're finishing up the conversation. So at the end of it, Margaret came to me and she said, we met in the aisle and she told me, she said, I really couldn't hardly pay attention during service because God just kept doing more things to me. Go to the next one, Libby. She told me. She told me several things, and some of them I'm not ready to reveal all of it. But one of the things she said that were, it just said, "Man, this is another one that's word from God that lets me know that she's hearing the Lord speak." She said, "It's been like there's been a restriction that has been removed, and you've passed a test. That restriction was that gentleman that Ben worked for, Georgia Pacific, was under a non-compete clause." For two years, he wasn't allowed to call anyone back at Georgia Pacific and talk to him. It expired in January. That restriction had been removed. But more importantly, and I told somebody, I said, if you ever hear Dominic, what's Dominic always say he wants to hear? Well done, our good and faithful servant. When Margaret told me, God said, you've passed the test. That's meant more to me than all of what I've seen him do. To stand here and say, Lord, thank you that I passed a test off of this. There's been a mighty word in there. Go to the next one, please, So I tell you, hopefully we can get this video. I have a video on one song, and I will wrap up pretty quick. All right, we'll try this one. Because I encourage you, Let your faith be built up. Go ahead and start that one me see if it will work. This is a video that Marlena found this weekend. to the words coming. Draw off just a little with it maybe you haven't seen your miracle come true she goes back to her dad based upon that at the end there but maybe you haven't seen yours come through maybe you've been going through the battle maybe you've been praying for a long time have faith, trust in God hold on, get in the word encourage yourself, find music that speaks to you find good Christian music that speaks to you. Just like the first I told you the first song I listened to it was a contemporary Christian song, it has a good message but I chose for a long time to focus on the I'm losing, I'm losing I'm losing, I have little faith because that's where I felt. I had to switch and say, you know what, I need to listen to songs that lift me up, pick me up pull me out of this find some good songs encourage yourself hold on Maybe you haven't seen your kids come home yet. Maybe you haven't seen that change in your employer. Maybe you haven't seen the change in your finances where God said, I'll rebuke the devour. But it's coming. It's coming. Call it in. I have one last one that I want you to play. Libby, if everybody would, if you wouldn't mind standing with me, I'd like this to be our closing prayer. This is a song that we just found a couple weeks ago. It came out by Kim Walker Smith that's an awesome praise and worship song and just make this your prayer as we close tonight thank you for coming I hope this has been an encouragement to you but listen to this song